Welcome to the Third Church Podcast. I am Corey Widmer, lead pastor of Third, and we're so grateful that you're listening today. We've started this little quarantine mini-series that we're calling Little Things with Great Love. What we're doing in this series is we are looking at ways that people in our community are seeking to be faithful to Jesus and his mission during this pandemic. We hear a whole lot in the news these days about politicians and big-name national leaders and what they're doing, but we believe that the greatest heroes in this pandemic will most likely be people that you may have never heard of, neighbors, local leaders, acting through their work in their neighborhoods in small, courageous ways to show love and service. We just think there's a lot of ways that God's people are being faithful to Jesus right now in this pandemic, and we want to highlight a few of those stories. So I'm excited uh, to welcome, as my guest today, my friend, Dr. Peter Murchie. Hi, Peter. Great to have you here. Hey, Corey. How are you today? Great. So glad to talk to you. Maybe, Peter, you can just first tell us a bit about yourself and what you do and how God led you into it. Yeah, I'm a dentist and I have a practice in Goochland, a little bit west of Short Pump. And I went to the University of Richmond for college, um, then went to MCV for dental school. Opened my practice in 2001 and started very, very small, very low, small location. Then gradually it's just been grown to the point where now I have like 10 employees and we just serve people out in the Goochland and West End areas. Yeah. Awesome. So we know that a lot of businesses were impacted by the quarantine and that dentistry was one of the industries that was impacted. And, and can you just tell us a little bit about what happened to you? What was that like for you? Can you give us the details about um, what went down with that? And what did you do? How did you handle it? Yeah, dentistry was kind of affected in three different areas um, because we had to deal with the disease itself. Then you had to deal with all the HR employee related questions. And then you had to deal with the financial business running the business thing. So um, I told a friend it was like getting in a, the ring with Mike Tyson followed by a one on one game with Kobe Bryant <laughs> while you're trying to play chess against the big blue. So it was like very it was complicated. Like, uh, so it was really kind of. And every day was like a different, different opponent. You weren't sure who you were, what was going on. Yeah. Everything, wow, everything so. was, because a lot of stuff, Dennis just, we, we're, we're not, we're not great. We're not strictly one of those areas. So you had to put a lot of different hats on. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, can you just give us a little bit of window and how did you handle it? Did you keep the business open? What did you do with your employees? Um, how was that for you? Yeah, initially, um, I went into just emergency triage mode. Um, then I kind of had waves of panic and terror as I contemplated how it affect both my family um, and my, my employees. 
And, you know, I've got a daughter that's going to college next year and two other kids that we weren't sure about what their schooling would be like in the fall. And so we got the message from the Virginia Dental Association on May 16th that offices would be closing on the 17th. And that was quite a, it was just kind of like, okay, I've got to do this. And looking back, I probably would have done things slightly different. But I basically furloughed every, all but two of my wonderful, hardworking team on the 17th. And then um, I've got two people that have been working remotely. And I've just been taking care of emergencies as people have needed problems solved or had dental problems. Um, yeah. And I think the, the most difficult thing was just my team. They're, I really like them. They're hard workers. And I knew this was going to impact their families tremendously. So that, that was a real challenge. Yeah. So very scary time, very stressful. You felt like you were getting beaten in the head and dunked, dunked on, on and, and checkmated all at the same <laughs> checkmated. time. <laughs> so yeah, how did you handle that? Tell us just a little bit about, about what um, the last few weeks have been like for you and your soul and how you, how you found perseverance and courage and guidance in all of this? Yeah, one verse um, that actually I had memorized when I was in dental school was uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 8. It's in 2 Corinthians 1. I don't know what it, the verses are, but it basically says this, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We're under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we had felt this, we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we would not rely on God, may not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you have done by your prayers. This will give, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted and answer in prayers of many. So that verse is kind of one that has been with me for a long time. Um, and that's initially what came to my mind. Um, you know, conversations like with Stephen Jenkins, he, we were talking about Psalm 91. Um, and then there were some other passages that gradually helped us. Um, initially, Bevan and I, we had to make some pretty big budget uh, home decisions. We refinanced our mortgage, talked to my practice banker, my landlords, and had to do a lot of other just figuring out where can we spend, what can we spend, and how do we manage through this. And then I had to work through a bunch of worst case financial forecasts. So um, that was a pretty dark period. And it was really, it was hard because it was also right around Easter. And Easter was one of the worst, this was probably the worst Easter I've ever had because it was you were getting all these texts from people. Oh, Christ has risen from the dead. And you know, like, yeah. oh, happy day. And it's like, oh, this is miserable. You're like, it sure doesn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it sure didn't feel like for that for me. And then I did not make it feel like that for the rest of my family. So mm. I had a lot of uh, asking forgiveness to do on Easter. And so, yeah, it just, that was, Easter was just a real challenge. Um, because you, you kind of get to the point where you just can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one of the things that did help me, and this, this kind of comes and goes in waves. It's not a consistent 
pattern because you know I'd have these periods where I was intensely panicked and then you know 30 minutes later be like okay this is going to be okay and then it, it and a lot of it had to do with what last information I was getting and so I, I had to learn to guard what I was listening to what webinars I was paying attention to and you know made sure I didn't look at stock market things and didn't read whatever the latest disease numbers were because they didn't do anything but make you more afraid yeah so yeah. Uh, and one thing that did help was just meditating on the old testament patriarchs and the prophets just because those guys had real struggles i mean they had famine pestilence there was no water. People were trying to kill them. They had to move around to find wells. And, and, and just thinking through the Old Testament, how God was with these people, and the fact that there's still Jewish people on the planet today shows you that God is faithful to his people. And so I, that really encouraged me a whole lot. Yeah. Um, just knowing that God will continue to be faithful to um, fellow believers today. It is amazing, isn't it? The way that these parts of scripture that we've heard for so long, you mentioned the letters, Paul's epistles and parts of the Old Testament that we've known for a long time, suddenly take on new meaning when our lives are suddenly destabilized. Um, yeah. It's almost like we have an opportunity to understand what it was like for the people who wrote these scriptures in such intense and destabilized circumstances. And, and I think uh, like Paul being in that boat for, I think he was in there for three weeks or something like that. And you, know, you know, have no idea when he's going to get out of that problem. And eventually God got him through it. But in a lot of ways, it felt like that. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine, John Hahn, who goes to third. And he was saying that he just felt like he had permanent whiplash. And I was like, that sums it up. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, the, the friendships with John and my brother, Mike, um, uh, Stephen Jenkins, a couple other people that have really, and a couple other people from other churches have really helped tremendously. Hmm. That's made of, and, you know, the workout group, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on through that. It's okay. Physical exercise is a real important aspect of sanity right now. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. doing push-ups and sit-ups made a big difference. Yeah, yeah, good. Now, one thing that is interesting about your experience is that you actually got another job, didn't you? Can you tell us a little bit about that and what yeah. your experience was? Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be going back for a while, so I knew also that I couldn't just sit around and watch dental webinars all the time. Um, <laughs> as fun as that would be. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. After about three days, it was kind of like, okay, I've got the basics and I can't do anything for another month. And yeah. So I, I took a job with Amazon. They were hiring right at the beginning because I th think they anticipated there were going to be a lot more traffic. Um, and basically I was a sorter, which meant I was, um, you know, taking boxes off the assembly line and then building them up kind of like you would play Tetris and then you would wrap it on a pallet. And then after I got there for a week, they put me on moving uh, pallets around. And um, I, that was amazing. In four days, I walked 40 miles. Oh my gosh. Um, and that was only in 16 hours. 
So, I mean, it was, I, I really enjoyed it because it was so different than my normal type of working. Um, the people I worked with there, many, many of them had been furloughed um, or their workplace had been permanently closed or, or bankrupt. And everybody there was a very hard worker. Um, one thing that was fascinating is that I never saw a single person's full face because wow. the, everybody had masks on. And um, it's amazing how much work can get done even though you can't communicate normally. Mm. And, um, and, and Amazon did a really good job of training me to get the job done. Um, but that, that was kind of an, it was just, that was kind of interesting. Um, I think one thing that was really interesting from someone who's a dentist and, you know, has been to all kinds of graduate school is that people who work, I would, I'm going to use a, the generic in the mind, um, like people like managers or IT accountants, lawyers, I don't think they realize how hard physical work is. Mm. And our culture just does not value physical work in the same way that we value mental work. Yeah. And um, one thing I noticed is because I would work for four hours, then I'd have to go back and see patients. And it's really hard when you've been working very physically uh, that your mental acuity is just not as sharp. Um, and you, you're just, you're just tired. And um, it gave I won't me tell a, that to your, I won't tell that to the patients that you went. <laughs> no, but I mean like, on. What I'm talking about, like when I was talking with my business team about, okay, how should I handle this question? I just wasn't quite as quick on the draw. Right. Right? I just wasn't thinking as clearly. I was like, well, you know, I wasn't making decisions like I, I normally would. Right. Um, and I think from, it would be very hard to do that work for an extended period of time. And I, I really think we all need to really value other people's contrib contributions to society and the community. There are a lot of different stressors. Um, and it, it, I, I just got a tremendous amount of respect for all the people that hustled to make sure that we could all get our toilet paper yeah. and other stuff that we needed. I mean, a lot of the, the people at Amazon, yes, they got paid, but they were really helping so many people. It was really, mm. really great, cool group of people. There's so many parts of our society, aren't there, that we just don't see. Yeah. Um, and that you got a glimpse to see. Yes. Yeah. And it, it was also fascinating how much coordination goes into making the whole system work. That, mm. that was pretty astounding. Yeah. Well, we heard the news yesterday uh, about um, the governor opening up elective surgeries and dental offices. And so as you, as you prepare to reopen your office, um, what are you looking forward to? How do you think things will be different? How do you expect to see God at work? Yeah, I think one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing my fabulous, flexible, courageous, hardworking team. And they've been really understanding and just willing to work through all the, I don't know, the whiplash too of, oh, we can do this or we can't do this and being very flexible. Um, and, and my team is is very efficient and that's been a real challenge for them because we usually we're pretty um there's not a whole lot of wiggle room for i don't know change but they've really been fantastic i'm really proud of them um i'm also very proud of my children um 
my daughter is a senior and you know her she was going to go on a trip with the school to Italy and then graduate and do all this type of stuff and that pretty much was just like okay all of a sudden that sh shot and she immediately was uh figuring out okay how do I, can I make some money on an Etsy account you know things like that that was really astounding and, and the, the flexibility of the kids just to switch to school uh, at home, which was, I was really impressed by my, my, my kids. It was really pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think the way the dental office is going to change, there's a lot more. Um, I don't know the, I know the general answer that'll be, that'll be worked out over the next month, but there'll be a lot more equipment that we have to buy and we've already bought and have to, to wear. Um, and I think some of that's actually going to be a good thing. Um, uh, but I'm, but I'm also really looking forward to seeing patients. Um, you know, different. I also don't know if remote will, will end up doing a lot more things remotely. Um, a, lot, a lot of those are just how business is done. Right. Differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess one last question for you would be, I mean, we're, we all are thinking about how work is going to be different after this, but um, you've been through so much the last, I mean, it's amazing how much you've been through in the last just four to six weeks. Yeah. How do you, how do you think, how has this changed you for the good? How, how are you going to be different because of this experience, do you think? Um. We'll find out. I don't, I, it's a little bit too early in the process. I, <laughs> part of it's because it's, we're not even all the way we're through We're not even it. all the way through it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, well, I think one thing for me is that when people are afraid, it's better just to let them listen, uh, to listen to what they have to say and give them a little pause to work out their fears and anxieties. Um, hmm. You know, and as a dentist, I deal with that all day, but, but this was like, everything on top. So I think that was learning to be a little, be more patient and just, I don't know. I think, I think that's one thing. Um, I don't, I'll be, the other thing I was fascinated by, I don't know how in a lot of ways, another friend mentioned that people are like sheep. We just follow whatever the culture is doing. And I think there were with everybody's response to the coronavirus is very good. I'm not meaning this in a bad way, but I was also fascinated by how all of a sudden we realized we didn't need to do kids sports and all the other activities. And I was like, why was I, why was I doing all this stuff that I thought I had to do? So the hard part will be when we go back to somewhat or to whatever the new change is. I don't know, it's going to be really hard to resist whatever the general culture does. So that, that was one thing I was kind of like, gosh, I don't, it's, it's amazing how one things culturally get moving, how it is hard to um, hold on to what's good. Mm. I, th I think that'll be a challenge. Mm. Yeah, like it's been great spending time with the kids every night and you know, reading a book or just talking um, at dinner rather than having to be like, okay, we've got ballet and then we've got some soccer game to go to, you know? Right. So I think that'll be an interesting change. I totally agree. I mean, Sarah, my wife, Sarah and I have had the same discussions. We've said, why did we, 
live the way we were living. We only having dinner a couple times a week together, having to use calculus to figure out our schedules. Let's not do that. We don't have yeah. to live that way. And so um, I think it's beautiful that you are reflecting on that and whether it's an awareness of people who are working in really um, manual type jobs that you didn't recognize before or whether it's readjusting your life to be a bit more sane or whether it's just having a deeper resilience because of the way that God has come through for you and taking care of you because of this. I think that um, it's really neat to think about how God will use this time to shape us. Yeah, it'll be neat to see. I think good days are ahead and that's pretty much the story of the Bible. And, you know, Corey, you talk about the U-catastrophe. I think we are going to see a U-catastrophe here. Amen. That's yeah, Tolkien's, so Tolkien's great phrase, the, a sudden and an inexplicable joy, U-catastrophe. <laughs> that's, that's what is ahead for all of us. Well, thank that, you, Peter. Yeah, no problem. Um, so grateful that you took the time off and our prayers are with you and all of our dentist friends as um, your offices reopen and you figure out how to navigate these hard days ahead. So thanks, Peter. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for joining us and for listening. Uh, we're really grateful that you tuned in. If you'd like to hear uh, some of the other interviews I've done over the last couple of weeks, you can go back and check the feed. And we hope that you'll join us next time. Thanks so much. Yes, you have asked us to little things with great love. Love